Just, um, just before we get started, I just want to quickly uh, bring to your attention uh, a, a couple of a few weeks ago, I emailed round to, to those who are in the church about a group that um, myself and Sarah Hyle are starting. Looking, we felt for a while that it would be great just to have some kind of group uh, to support people that live with long-term conditions. Uh, you might live with a long-term health condition, whether that's physical or mental or emotional. Um, and that can be quite hard, can't it, when you're a Christian and, and kind of work out how that help with faith and again practical help and stuff like that. Or you might care for somebody um, who lives with a long-term condition. So myself and Sarah are just starting a group where we can hopefully create uh, an environment where you can feel supported, encourage each other, uh, work out how faith encourages us in that, um, and also just maybe some practical help and, and, and support and things like that. Um, so we're having our first meeting this uh, Tuesday afternoon at half past two. It's kind of like a bit of a, well, let's see who wants to be involved, and we can kind of work out together what it all looks like. So it's a very informal start. If you or you know someone who you think actually would really like to come along, then please speak to myself or Sarah. It's going to be very informal and relaxed. Um, and also going forward, how it looks like, I appreciate daytime doesn't always suit everyone. There might be some opportunities we'll mix it up and meet in some evenings and stuff in the future. So it's a very kind of relaxed and, and, and gentle start. But we just want to kind of create an environment where we can support people that are living in those kind of situations. So if you want to know more, come and speak to myself or Sarah or come along on Tuesday and kind of have some cake. Uh, unless you're diabetic, and that probably is an issue, isn't it? Um, you know, we'll have some um, kind of bread or something for you, um, and tea and coffee or something like that, or crackers. Um, uh, but we'd love to kind of create that environment where we can do that. So please kind of come and speak to us if you'd like to find out a little bit more. Okay, so this morning we're carrying on our, our new series where we're looking at, uh, we've titled it a kind of a family of Christ followers who together, dot, dot, dot. And we're looking over this term, at looking at key values uh, that are crucial to us as a local church and reminding ourselves of how we best work these things out, work them together uh, as a family of Christ followers. So today we're looking at the subject of sharing the gospel. And Toby started last week, I would say in rather controversial fashion. Um, he, he opened up last week about talking about walking in faith together. Um, and I don't know if you picked up on it. I was, I was in kids' work. I had to watch it back. Right at the beginning, he was quite controversial, where he actually disrespected the high school musical films. And... To me, it's like I genuinely believe this. You can think I'm messing around. They are those three films are one of my top trilogy of films I think I've ever seen. And I genuinely love them. And so I kind of feel like Toby, if you're watching, you can go, you can come, and you can be controversial, but don't disrespect the Wildcats. <laughs> but let's put that behind us. Let's put that controversy behind us. Um, you know, he's from Norwich, so we'll allow him a few kind of. Um, a few kind of bits around the edges, won't we? But today we're looking at sharing the gospel together. How do we do that together? Now, for those of us who are Christians in the room, the topic of sharing the gospel or evangelism can be an uncomfortable one, okay? It might be that even as I've said that, you suddenly start feeling this sense of guilt, thinking, oh, great, I don't do enough of that. Um, or disappointed that you think, oh, I've tried it lots of times, but nothing's ever successful. I hear of other people sharing the gospel and, you know, they have, you know, people queuing up at their door saying, what must I do to be saved? Yeah, I do it all the time. And everyone just looks at me as if I'm a complete weirdo. Um, or it might be that you just get very stressed. You think, if I do that, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to say the wrong thing. And they're going to end up becoming a Muslim instead of a Christian. Or, you know, I'm going to get it all completely wrong. Maybe as a Christian, even when I talk about sharing the gospel, you suddenly feel uncomfortable and think, great. That wasn't what I wanted to hear this morning. Or it might be that you're not a Christian here 
this morning in the room. You're not a believer. You might be visiting. You're most welcome. It's great to have you with us. But equally, you might feel uncomfortable about this. You might have had some people sharing the gospel, sharing what Christianity is with you, and that's just left you very uncomfortable. You might have had a bad experience yourself. There's a guy, um, a, a theologian, a church leader called Tim Keller, and he says this about evangelism, about sharing your faith. He said, bad evangelism says, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'd love to tell you about it. Okay, maybe that's been your experience as a non-Christian. That actually, you've had someone who's a Christian come to you and say, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm just going to tell you all about it. And that's left you feeling judged and you know, pretty rubbish, really. So hopefully today, we can explore a little bit of what exploring, uh, sharing the good news of Jesus is all about, how we can best do it together, and how it doesn't have to induce lots of negative feelings from either us as Christians or from those who aren't believers that we're sharing with. So hopefully that's our goal today. Uh, let's hope that we can get through to that place together. So what do we mean by the phrase share the gospel? It's another one of those kind of Christian terms. If you're not a Christian here or if you're new to the faith, you think, well, what does what sharing the gospel mean? What does the gospel mean? Well, in, in terms of what we mean by the phrase gospel, it simply means good news. Okay, it just simply means good news. Can you say that? Good news. Good stuff. You're going to have to say that a few times this morning. Okay, so sharing the gospel is actually simply about passing on the good news about Jesus Christ, that he's the son of God, that he loves you, that he's the only way to God himself is through faith in Jesus, that he's taken the punishment for all of our sin to make it possible, that one day he's going to return to judge the living and the dead and create a new heavens and a new earth for all believers to live with him forever. What's that? Well done. But there's more. Okay, there's even more good news. Okay, the good news of Jesus is not only that, which is incredible in itself, but is that also for those of us who repent and turn our lives around and choose to follow him, then he promises to send the Holy Spirit to live within us. He gives us the very presence of God that lives within us, who empowers us to live this Christian life. So it doesn't become all about duty and obligation and hard work, but actually his spirit comes to live within us. And that he brings his presence, which assures us of his love. And it brings us increasing measures of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All things we could do with a little bit more of. Okay? What is all that? That's good news, isn't it? That not only does Jesus create this and change us and put us in relationship with the Father and heaven awaits us, but he comes to live within us and transform us from the inside out. But there's even more good news than that. You see, Jesus isn't dead. Okay, He's in heaven. And we're told in the Bible that he's hearing our prayers. And not only that, he's also praying for us on our behalf. That's incredible, isn't it? And, and so as we follow him throughout our lives, what we do is as we pray to him and he's praying for us, he hears our prayers. He intervenes in situations. He brings solutions to our physical, mental, and emotional problems. He brings direction when we're lost. And miracles can take place in our life. What's that? Hey, yeah, you're getting it. <laughs> it's, it's incredible, isn't it? That this good news of Jesus isn't just simply, uh, he loves you. That's incredible. But when you really sit and think about it, there's a heck of a lot of good news that we can share about Jesus. And that is the good news that we as Christians are instructed by Jesus to share with the world around us. It's that simple. He says it in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It's known as the Great Commission. 
It's this sense where he's telling us this is something that you need to do to his disciples and therefore to us. And he said to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, given to Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He said to his disciples, take this good news, the good news that they had witnessed and experienced for the three years that they were walking with him. And he says, go into all the world and tell everybody. In other words, share the good news of Jesus. Share the gospel wherever you go. It's that simple. The good news that we've just touched on there, our commission is to go and tell it to whoever and wherever we come around. So that's a core value for us as a church, as a local family of believers, a community of believers, we want to be always sharing the good news of Jesus to the world around us. Not only because Jesus told us, but because we want to. So our friends, our family, our neighbours, work colleagues, strangers, anybody and everywhere, we want to be a people as a local church family that constantly are telling the good news of Jesus to the world around us. Not in some heavy, judgmental, we're right, you're wrong kind of manner, but joyfully. Because it genuinely is, it is good news, isn't it? This is not like telling somebody, you know, something really bad news and telling them that, you know, this is terrible, I'm sorry, this is going to completely mess up your life, but I'm obliged to tell you. This is good news. Now, you know, it causes uncomfortableness. You know, when you come to know Jesus, yeah, sure, it causes us to feel uncomfortable because we have to change and he changes with us and stuff. But ultimately, all those things are good news. It's leading to a good place, isn't it? Where we know him and with him forever. So how does sharing this good news look in practice? So there's lots of different ways. It does, sometimes we may think about sharing the good news. I don't know, you might put in some things that might come into your mind. It might be someone standing on the high street shouting out Bible verses and telling people they need to be saved as they walk past. Okay, but That is one way of sharing the good news. It doesn't always sound good news, but there is good news in there. It might be knocking on doors, you know, asking people whether they're saved. You know, you might have been involved. I've done door knocking and stuff before. That is another way of telling people the good news. But there's lots of other ways of telling people and showing people the good news of Jesus as well. So, for example, acts of kindness are a way of showing people and telling people the good news of Jesus. In Romans 2 verse 4, it says God's kindness leads people to repentance. Repentance meaning life change and life transformation. So saying that God's kindness actually will cause people to want to follow him. So as we do acts of kindness for people, where that might be on the one-to-one, showing love to a friend or a neighbor, that might be through things like food bank or cap or the things we do, then actually as we show God's kindness to people, that's actually a way of sharing God's, the good news of Jesus. Because we're sharing some good news that Jesus actually is kind to them and it can lead to them transforming their life. Another way of sharing the good news is, is offering prayer. So actually, if you offer to pray for people, you, you say, you're, say can, I, can I, I know Jesus? Can I, can I pray for you about this situation? I'd love to support you in that way. It might be offering to pray for people that are ill or unwell or just going through a difficult time. That's another way of sharing this good news, isn't it? Because we're sharing something of Jesus' heart towards these people. Another way of sharing the good news might be having discussions about the big questions of faith. It says in 1 Peter 3 that we should be prepared to give an answer for the faith, that we, the hope that we have within us. So if people are asking you big questions in the, at work and saying, well, what about you know, how the world was created? What about suffering? 
then that's another way that we share the good news because we can help people to we can give them some answers or we can point them in the right direction. I know uh, Jack, he's not here this morning, but Jack in our community group is constantly having these massively big discussions with all his workmates. It's incredible. Like, I've never had those discussions whatsoever. No one at work has ever asked me about things like evolution and suffering and faith and stuff, but he seems to have them like every week. That's one of the ways that he shares the good news is by having these big, deep conversations over coffee with people at his workplace. So that's one way that we share the faith. Another way we can share the good news is showing hospitality. So showing people kind of practical things, making meals, inviting people around, or just showing love through hospitality. That's another way of sharing the good news, because what Jesus has been hospitable to us, he's invited us in. So we do that. It's another way of sharing our faith. Telling our story of how we became a Christian. That's another incredible way of sharing the good news. What Jesus has done for you, you're sharing it to other people. When we've run Alpha um, over many years, a course that you can do to explore the Christian faith, every week we always get someone to come and give their testimony, someone from the church to come and say how they became a Christian. And you get people from all different backgrounds kind of coming to share how they became a Christian. And without fail, all the time on Alpha, people love that's the highlight of everyone's week is hearing somebody's story about how they came to faith. Whatever your story is, whether it's an incredibly dramatic one or you feel it's a really boring one, it's still good news. And someone will relate to that and someone will make, um, uh, that will make a big impact on someone's life. Another way of sharing the good news is, is opening up the Bible and explaining God's big story to people. So that sense of saying, well, actually, you know, opening the Bible and saying to people, look, it says here in the Bible, it says here, uh, this is about Jesus, this is about who he was, he was the son of God. And, and that's another way we share our faith with people is by actually opening the Bible up. And there's loads of other ways. I guess what I'm trying to say is that when we have in our mind sharing the gospel, it doesn't just mean standing on the high street shouting and telling people things. It doesn't even mean standing on a platform and explaining it. Sharing the good news of Jesus is multifaceted. It looks lots of different ways and different people will be good at doing sharing the good news in different ways, won't they? We all have different ways and different strengths in sharing the good news. So right now, you're thinking, well, how do we turn? I, I would imagine, hopefully, most of you, if you're Christians here this morning, are kind of, you knew it was good news anyway, but hopefully by now you're thinking, yeah, it really is good news. I have got some good news to share. Yeah? Is anybody not convinced? Because I can start again. <laughs> or does that make you more convinced? Yeah, it's made you more convinced. Okay. So we're all kind of convinced that, yes, it is good news. And I have got some good news to share. But how do we turn those good intentions into actions? That's always a challenge, isn't it? My, in my, my main job is, is as a physiotherapist. And, and I spend most of my time having to help people who are in pain and, and really trying to help them realize that what they need to do is exercise and activity and this and certain things to try and help them get through and manage their condition and get, get better, hopefully, or certainly improve. But actually, we all know that doing things like exercises, we can have great intentions. But actually, it's hard, isn't it, to actually turn it into action. And one of my biggest jobs is trying to help people realize, that actually, if they do this, it will help them. But trying to, and then they come back and say, oh, yeah, I did a few of the exercises, and I'm no better. Yeah, but if you only did two in like a month, that's not going to help, is it? You know? But I understand, because I'm the same. I have great intentions about what I'm going to do with exercise. And then when I actually come to it, it's like, oh, I can't be bothered today. You know, I'm a bit tired. I'll do it tomorrow. You know, we're all like that. And I'm sure we're all like that when it comes to sharing our faith. We all know it's good news. But actually, we need to turn it into actions. So how can we leave here today changed and more keen to show our faith? Well, I think there's two things, two things that I can look at today, which I think will help us in terms of becoming more and more people that share 
our faith, share the good news of Jesus, because that is a core thing that we should be doing. The first thing is that we need to realize that we're going to have to account to Jesus for what we have done with the gospel, with the good news in our life as Christians. Okay, we're going to have to account to him for what we've done with the gospel. Now, what I mean is there's a, there's a parable in, in that Jesus told. Parables were just short stories that Jesus told. They were made up stories, but they had a point to them. So it was like a little story he would tell, made up story, but it would always have a point about the kingdom of God, about him and about how, what it means to follow him. And there's a parable in Matthew 25 called, well, if, you're, if you've been around church a while, you know it's called the parable of the talents. Um, it's really about money. Talents was a, was a denomination of money. Um, it's not like juggling or playing the piano or something like that. It's not that sort of talent. It's about money. And so other versions of the Bible sometimes call it the parable of the bags of gold. That's probably more accurate. And just to summarize that story, if you don't know about it, there's this kind of wealthy guy um, who was going away. He called three of his employees to him and he gave them each a bag of gold, an amount of money, um, different amounts of money. But he gave them and said, look, I'm going away. I want you just to work this money um, and I'll come back and see what's happened. And when he came back after a few years, two of the employees had worked the money and they gave him back more than he'd given them. They'd used the money, they'd invested it, they'd done stuff with it. And actually he came back and they said, look, you gave me this, but I've got this now, here you go. And he said, well done. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. He commended them that they'd worked what he'd given, they'd multiplied what he'd given them. But one other person just buried it in the ground um and said you know i didn't know what to do i'd be afraid so i kind of buried it in the ground i didn't want to get it wrong so i buried it in the ground dug it up and gave it back to him what he gave to him um and he was fired it was like the first version of the apprentice probably (laughs) if you're thinking about it like that so this is kind of short story that jesus told about the kingdom of god and when you think about it as a christian what's the most valuable thing that jesus has given to you any answers eternal life salvation the good news the gospel isn't it what he's done in your life is the most valuable thing that you've got so when you became a christian not only did we get all the benefits ourselves, he gave us something that actually that parable tells us that one day he's going to ask us what we've done with it oops we move on quickly to something more He's going to, he's, when, when we stand before Jesus, we're not, as Christians, if you're a Christian in the room, you're not going to have to be, face judgment for your sin. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has done it for you. You're standing in there. And he, he's, it's all covered. If you're not a Christian, then you will have to face judgment for your sin. That's why Jesus is good news. Because if you step into him, you won't have to face that judgment for your sin. But as a Christian, we're still going to have to stand before him and account for what we've done with what he's given to us. The most valuable thing he's given to us actually is the gospel, the good news. And he's going to say, what have you done with it? Did you bury it in the ground? Or did you multiply it? Did you share it? Did you work it? Did you tell other people about it? Now, it's not our responsibility to say, yes, look, and I've got 20 people to become Christians, because that's just kind of like coercion and, you know, sign on the dotted line, I need to get my numbers this month. That's not like that at all. Because Jesus does the work. But there's some, we have a responsibility to share the good news, don't we? And that's what he's telling us to do. We have got a responsibility to do something with what he's transformed our life with. It's not okay just, just to bury in the ground. Because one day we're individually going to have to stand before him and say, this is what I've done with what you've given me. Did I share it? Did I pass it on? Did I, did I, did I do acts of kindness? Did I show love to people, hospitality? Did I speak the words? Did I tell, open the Bible and show people? That's what he's going to ask us to do. Have I multiplied it 
or have I buried it in the ground? When I thought about that this week, that suddenly gave me a little bit more motivation to start sharing the good news of Jesus. Because that helps us, doesn't it? Yeah, when, when we know that we're accountable for something, it makes us do it. As a, one of my patients this week, I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, I know I need to do my exercise, but I'm going to do it. And I said, have you got a family member or friend who, you can, who will text you every week and say, have you done your exercises? And he says, yeah, that's a good point, actually. That will make me do it. That's why things like Weight Watchers and Slimming World works. Not because of all the menu, because you know that next week when you go and you're going to have to do the walk of shame, if you haven't lost your pound or whatever it is, you think, oh, man alive, I can't face that again. I'm going to have to do everything I can. That's why it works, isn't it? It's accountability that works. It motivates us to change our habits and do things that we think and we know are good anyway. We are going to be accountable to Jesus for what we've done with what he's given to us. That makes me suddenly think, man, I need to do a bit more sharing of the good news. I'm not heavy. I'm not going to be, you know, it's not like, oh, no, why was me? It's like, actually, that motivates me because I want to stand before Jesus and be able to say, look, I've multiplied it. And him say, well done, good and faithful servant. The second thing, way I think it helps us to motivate us to become better at sharing the good news that we've got is that we realize that we don't have to do it alone. You see, if I choose to live out my Christian life in isolation, then I'm taking a huge load onto my shoulders when it comes to this responsibility for sharing the gospel. Because I have to be everything to everybody. Okay, I have to be able to do acts of kindness. I have to have an answer for every question they've got. I have to be able to open the Bible and, and clearly show them um, what Jesus is all about. He's the son of God and answer all those kind of things. I have to be able to show hospitality. I have to do this, this, this all the different ways we talked about and more whole picture, don't I? Because I'm, I'm taking, well, actually, I'm doing this all on my own. But when I realize that one of the many reasons that God tells us to be part of a community of believers, a local church, actually, I suddenly realize that I don't have to do all those things on my own. I can actually do it as a team with my church family. That together we can share the good news of Jesus. And I don't have to be brilliant in every single way of sharing the good news. Because actually we're doing it together. I'm not doing it as an individual. I'm not sitting and saying, well, actually, I'm going to do this myself. I'm saying, actually, I need to work with others, other my brothers and sisters, and we'll do it together. Therefore, I don't have to be brilliant at acts of kindness and sharing my, you know, I have an answer to every single question. Because I know, actually, they're really good at that over there. And so actually, if I've got someone who I'm sharing my faith with and they think, what about these questions? And I think, well, I'm not too sure. But why don't you come over and speak to my friend Jack over here? He's brilliant with those kind of questions. Then suddenly that helps me because I don't have to be everything. You know, if someone I've got speaking to is sharing the good news with and they've got some kind of background that's really, you know, quite poor. I think, actually, I know someone in church who, they, they had that background and Jesus transformed their lives. I want you to come and meet my friend over here because you can relate to them and they can really be inspired. Ah, oh, brilliant, okay. I don't have to suddenly have about 10 different testimonies myself to think, oh, which one is going to be the best for you? Because I've got friends on my... Do you see what I mean? When we do it together, actually it takes the responsibility of me to be everything to everybody. If I'm going to multiply what Jesus has given to me, then I'm going to need the help, the encouragement, the wisdom, the advice, the love, the prayers, and the gifts of others. I can't do it on my own. I'm not going to do very well on my own. We need each other. We need our strengths to be able to do that. And that's why togetherness is so, so important. That's why sharing the gospel together is going to be so much more fruitful because we can work at it, do it together, and we can benefit from each other. It's one of the many good reasons why being actively part of a local church, despite all of its disappointments, frustrations, irritations, inefficiencies, and imperfections, 
And we all know there's plenty of those. But that's why the, one of the many good reasons why it's a non-negotiable for us as Christians. Despite all those things, I need to be in a family together. Because when I stand before Jesus and give account to what he's done, what he's, for what I've done with what he's given me, I want to be able to look and say, oh, I was part of a team. I was part of a team and, and, and they, they, we did it together. And look at what we multiplied because actually that, you know, I used them and them and this and that. And together in our town, in our area, in the nations, we saw massive multiplication of the good news of Jesus because we did it together. I can't do this on my own. I need you guys to help me do that bit. Let's just, as we come to land, just on the thing for a moment, just imagine if we as Christians were really wowed again by the good news of Jesus. We're grateful for it, but what if we became truly joyful about it? That's, that's, that's big, isn't it? I, I know if you've, become, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you never lose that gratitude, but sometimes just the, the joy of it, you get familiar, don't you? I, I pray, God, would you make us truly joyful again about the good news? Really realize afresh what you have given to us. Imagine that if together we naturally shared that good news because we couldn't keep it to ourselves. Imagine if it just was spilling out of us. We don't, if it wasn't an obligation or a, a heavy duty or a, a burden, but actually it just naturally came out of us because of the joy that was spilling out amongst us and to the people that we live and work amongst. Imagine what that would be like. Imagine that if we took on that responsibility before God together as a family of Christ followers, that we cheered each other on, supported each other and worked on it together. Just imagine what that is like. If you can imagine those things, then you're seeing what God imagines for his people. That's what he always intended. A people that were wowed by the good news. A people that couldn't keep it to themselves, that it just spilled out from amongst them. And a people that worked on it together as his body, as his hands and his feet into the world. That's how God sees it. And that's how I want to be and how we should be wanting it more and more together. I'd encourage you, each of these weeks where we're doing these, kind of looking at these, these subjects of these key values for us as a church and why being together is a key value in doing it. I'd just really encourage you in your community groups as you meet in small groups during the week, I'd just really encourage you just to take some time sometimes to think, how do we do this better together? What ways can I kind of do this better together? How can I grow in this area together? Because it has to land, doesn't it? And even it might be an accountability thing, like I said. You might say as a community group to each other, look, okay, I want to do more of this. And this is the area where I really I think I can do a bit more. These are the people that I'm chatting to at the moment. I think I can really show them some kindness. I could do this, I could do that. Ask me about it next week. Ask me how I've got on. Ask me about it next month. Because that's the way that we grow and build good habits. Let's just pray together now. Heavenly Father, we are just amazed by the good news. Lord, we're often so familiar with it. And Lord, forgive us for being complacent sometimes and, and just overly familiar. But Lord, when we think about what you have done for us, when we think about what you and your love have done for us, how you've transformed not only our lives here and now, but forever and eternity, that we won't have to face, as Christians this morning, we won't have to face judgment for our sin and our offense towards you. Lord, that's incredible. That truly is the greatest gift you could ever give us, and, and, and so much more. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us, Lord. We hear these things, and we're struck by these things, and sometimes we can feel like, oh man, I can't do that. 
Lord, that is the right response because we need your help to do it. Lord, you don't just say, I've done my bit, now you do your bit. You say, I've done my bit, and now I'm going to come and help you do your bit. And I thank you for that. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll just come and empower us afresh in this whole area of sharing the good news, sharing the gospel. Help us to find our track. Help us to find our lane, the, 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 the way that we can contribute to the whole togetherness, Lord. How that we can do it together. And we can see many, many multiplications of good news in our town, Lord. We long for that. Lord, this is not about us proving ourselves right to people. This is about people receiving good news. Life, eternity transforming good news. And we long to see that happen more. Help us as your people. Help your people across this town, Lord, to rise up afresh and to bring the good news to our town. We pray for your help, Lord Jesus, in that. Amen.